Equalizers are not experts, and their sequel should never be made. Mike insists that he's a sequel spurt, Ew, but if no, there's a no, debris on his no. ball, Veto, I haven't abort. seen it. We're aborting. We're aborting. I'll Coming s- soon to a theater near you, it's the Equalizer. So weekly podcast for two idiots dropping. No, <laughs> e- sequel spurt is I have to pull the ripcord. Let me finish. But if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, the show isn't for kids, which I only mentioned so the freequels out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool freequels? Oh my god. I regret giving you this platform. Hey, you you gave it to me. I know, and I regret you, it. You entered this. You signed the blood contract. I did. At the beginning when we, at, when we did hook to. <laughs> the podcast blood contract. We've we've really fleshed out the law of podcasting. We have like it's. I think we're the only podcast to have done so. Like that will go down in history as just a really poor decision, as the most garbage book imaginable. Speaking of being garbage people, we should introduce introduce our guest who's just sitting there quietly. (laughs) Oh, not not that Cecilia is a guest. We're being garbage people for not introducing her. Okay, in in the future, just take that again. Don't use the speaking of garbage people as a segue <laughs> into our guest. Hi, Cecilia. You're not a garbage person. We're the Hi, garbage people. Hi, thank you. Yeah, we are. You guys aren't garbage people. <laughs> uh, so Celia is our guest uh, because she won the honor <laughs> in an auction uh, that a number of fans of the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast um, contributed to to raise money for families at the border. And Cecilia... Was the winning, uh, the winning bet? So, congratulations! Thank you. And we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, but you got yourself into this. I'm just, it's, it's all, it's all on you. Your, your reward is to come on a podcast and be called a garbage person by Madison Jones. <laughs> what have always that wasn't what I was doing. <laughs> uh, so Cecilia, you picked The Wicker Man, yes, starring America's sweetheart Nicolas Cage. Yes, I did. Uh. <laughs> Why? Because why not? Like, it is the epitome of bad movies. Like, it it's perfect. <laughs> it's true. It should never get it, a sequel. It left a lot unanswered in the end. So I think it it deserves a sequel. So I'm here to pitch to you guys, Wicker Man 2, oh, man. The Wickening. Oh, no. oh, man. Yes. Hold on. And... An Apatow production. So you want Judd Apatow to do this one? Yes, and here's my reasoning. But there's some modifications to my reasoning. Okay. So I was looking up. I, I was looking up the synopsis just to jog my memory before we started, mm-hmm. and I realized that James friggin' Franco mm-hmm. has a little tiny bit piece at the end. Now, we all know James Franco's a garbage person, so yeah. screw him. <laughs> but it occurred to me, oh my god, what if this was like, you know, the rest of his movies that also have Judd Apatow and Seth Rogen involved? Oh, oh god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they killed off Nicolas Cage's character, so... So, you know, I have a question because you need to replace it with someone. Of course, and why not <laughs> Seth Rogen? Yeah. Yeah. The other cop at the end with James Franco is Jason Ritter, who is uh, John yes. Ritter's son, and he's been in a few things. He's in um, Period right now. 
but I like the idea of like I don't know where your pitch is going, but I like the idea of Jason Ritter being recast as Seth Rogen playing Jason Ritter's character. <laughs> playing Jason Ritter playing yeah. that character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a question because the when I watched it online today, there's a scene where they put him in a beekeeper's helmet full of bees, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the the whatever I watched didn't have that scene. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this happens, but it's not happening. So did yeah. I just have a very strange, very specific dream where you I dreamt <laughs> the entire plot of Wicker Man correctly, except I added a scene where they put Nicolas Cage in a beekeeper's helmet full of bees? No, they definitely did that. Yeah. I think you watched the PETA edit. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? There, There is a, um, this is high in the Wicker Man Wh- lore. Um, so the... B scene that is the m- most meme tastic scene that got internet mm-hmm. famous is actually in the unrated version of the Wicker Man. So oh. it was not in the original theatrical release. So if you watch the theatrical release, the B scene is not in there. Oddly. Madison, can we talk about the fact that Cecilia said there's a PETA edit of this movie and you just breezed was... straight past that like nobody <laughs> said sorry. anything? Like I mean, I could have leaned into that a little bit more. I was just I just actually knew the answer. I was excited. I knew the answer. No, I appreciate that. I just you didn't even blink though. It wasn't even like, let's come back to that. It was just that's not important. I just figured it was abusive to the bees. Probably is. I'm pretty sure they're CGI'd, but maybe the idea of it is. Yeah. Nobody knows this, but Nicolas Cage was actually CGI'd into this movie. Like yeah. he never was on set a single yeah. day. It's completely CGI Nicolas Cage. They just had Andy Circus like yeah. dress up in that that suit, right? Yeah. And got his motions and then put Nicolas Cage's CGI body over top of it. That would explain why when people answered uh Nicolas Cage's character's questions, they weren't answered to his questions. So like that how yeah. it did, just did not match up, like ever. So Cecilia, you like this movie, is that fair to say? Yeah. Madison, what do you think? Do you like this movie? Oh, no. No? Um, I'm not as big a fan either, but uh, it may surprise you to learn that there are people who legitimately would rate this five stars on the Rotten Tomatoes website. That's right, fans. It's time once again for Daddy's Tomatoes. Uh, so our first review is actually not five stars. It's a two and a half star review. And I think you'll understand why I picked this, but it's by William M and says, I would rate the wicker man, a solid B B E E movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I never even considered a wicker man B movie crossover. It's not too late. I mean, with Seth Rogen and Jenna Patel. Our first five-star review comes from George A., who says, A cinematic masterpiece. Never before have I laughed and cried so hard during a film before. All the characters were so relatable, enhancing the already enjoyable experience this movie already provide. Relatable. Well, also, already enjoyable experience this movie already provide. Yeah. Kathy Bates' <laughs> cameo as the tavern operator. That's not Kathy Bates, That's not I'm pretty Kathy sure. Kathy Bates. <laughs> no. <laughs> The one Mr. Coppola struck in the face was a poor example of acting and let me left me with a sour taste in my mouth. Overall, this was a well-constructed drama piece about postmodern consumerism. I don't think so. I don't think no, so. No, but I love that, that like 
Nicholas Cage, I guess, is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. And so they just called him yes. Mr. Coppola in this, even though it's Nicolas Cage. Well, I like how they were like, oh, that was totally Kathy, Kathy Bates. And oh, then yeah. they're like, oh, that was Mr. Coppola. So they, they like... This they person think- just was watching a completely different movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his his na- his last name is Coppola, though. Oh, really? Yes, he just is. He changed it to Cage so people wouldn't associate him hmm. with with his uncle and think he got famous because of that. But he literally started acting because his uncle put him in Rumblefish and The Outsiders. Oh, man, Rumblefish is a good name for a movie. He's, he's in The Outsiders. He, I don't think he's credited, but in the in the fight scene between the Socias and the Greasers, you can see him. Whoa! He's holding a doll, yelling, "How did it get burned? How did it get burned?" <laughs> in his white pants that don't get dirtied in a fight in the middle of like a rainstorm in a muddy field mm-hmm. <laughs> they do in the pita edit he's the one shouting pony boy pony boy i've never seen the outsiders i don't get that oh. joke you didn't read the outsiders you no didn't, you didn't read it or see it no okay. i didn't read the movie the outsiders it's a book but it's a very good movie go go back and watch that we could sequelize it because it definitely didn't get a sequel we could one day maybe that'll be your challenge like, <laughs> Uh, I have one last review by Olivia C., who gave this movie five stars. Am I the only one here who really enjoyed it? I thought even though there were some parts that could be better, it was a great movie. The ending was a lot different than I expected, making it even more interesting. Man. End of review. I just I like that she was like, I wasn't expecting that ending of this movie. I mean, how, how yeah, could that's you? an interesting experience of that movie. <laughs> who, who clocked you know, that ending a, of the movie? That's, I was... 12 the first time i saw it and i'm like oh he's gonna get killed at the end of course well like but also the idea of like he's gonna get they're gonna break his legs and put him in a giant burning man and kill him yeah <laughs> i mean he the whole movie is basically him interacting with people who are acting like they're going to kill him <laughs> right and then they kill him at the end it's not that surprising all right so before we get into the uh pitch madison you have a brief synopsis for the listener at home as brief as mine always are. Actually, Cecilia, we can take about a 15-minute break if we want while Madison yeah. recounts this synopsis in excruciating I'm detail. If, I'm, I'm good if you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Nick Cage plays a cop by the name of Edward, who after a traffic accident involving a little girl who died, takes a break from the force. While on his break, he receives a letter from his ex fiance who asks him to come to an island off the coast of Washington State to search for her daughter that is missing. She also alludes to in the letter, I think, that the daughter might be his. I think that's when that reveal came, or maybe suggested. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it was just she had a daughter. Alright, when he gets to the island, he begins to interact with the individuals who live there and learns that they are a group of neo-pagans that worship a goddess and have a multi-acre bee farm. Edward is allergic to bees. 90% of the citizens on this island are women, with the few men that are there uh, being used for physical labor, and they do not speak when spoken to. He eventually meets up with uh, his ex-fiancé, Willow, who gives him various leads around the island where he could look for Rowan, the missing daughter. At every turn, he is met with vague answers and clues that don't really seem to lead anywhere, such as a burnt doll, a crow in a desk, (laughs) and uh, Rowan's name scratched out of the school's attendance list. As he investigates more, he realizes that the town is a matri- matriarchal dystopian society 
uh, and they plan to have a fertility sacrifice that um, he is determined to interrupt as he believes Rowan's disappearance has something to do with the sacrifice. He beats up two women and steals their bear suit to act as a disguise <laughs> in the fertility parade. That's the best sentence I've ever. That's, no, that's, I'm not gonna say that's the best sentence I've ever heard, but that phrasing is perfect. In the fertility parade, uh, he eventually sees Rowan tied to a stake, ready to be sacrificed. Still dressed as the bear, he punches a woman out um, who is running the ceremony and frees Rowan and runs off with her. Rowan leads him to an open field to a trap, um, and it is revealed that this whole thing was a ruse to lead Nick Cage to the island so he could be sacrificed to their goddess for their bee harvest. Pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they break his legs, cover his head in bees, and then put him in a giant wicker man and set it aflame, and he burns to death. The movie then fast forwards to six months later, where two of the women from the town are in a bar trying to guide two off-duty cops to the island, thus starting the process all over again. Those two cops, as we talked about, were played by Jason Ritter and James Franco. Are they cops? I thought they that cops. they were. Okay. I didn't know. I thought that they were just because he said like that he was he just graduated or something. So I didn't know if that he was a cop. Uh, in the in the Wikipedia that I mm. sort of like followed as I was writing it, like they said that they were off duty cops. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. So the these women have a thing for cops. Mm. <laughs> that's have a, a that's a dangerous cops. attraction considering what they do for a living. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, part of the mean. that's part of the excitement for them of killing is like, ooh, we might get uh, caught. Yeah, they've got like an authority kink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do have handcuffs, so that's true. Um, <laughs> this isn't that right. kind of podcast. <laughs> this isn't that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're definitely G-rated. Yeah, for sure. Family yeah. friendly is our number one. I'm pretty sure I said the word "come" five times last episode. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you just said it once now, so yeah. So, um... <laughs> Cecilia, take, get us out of the spiral. <laughs> um, okay, so we, let's start with our pitch, I guess. Um, sure. Yeah. So, what I was imagining would be, as I said, uh, a Rogan Franco joint produced by Judd Apatow. <laughs> joint, but no one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think. I don't think James Franco deserves any um, recognition by the industry at the moment. Uh, but he does have a younger brother who, as far as I know, d- has no sex scandal bullshit going on. So I do love Dave Franco. Just just toss Dave Franco in there and just, like, not mention it. Like, but there will be, like, jokes throughout where, like... The woman who slept with them, right? They go to the island because they get the same message and they realize, oh, this cop, Edward, he disappeared so long ago, right? And the, the only mention will be the uh, the woman will be like, oh, you don't look like you've aged a day. And that, that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, um, so, so that's about as far as I got with the pitch. Fair enough. That's great. I, I just just I just imagine the typical Franco Rogan, I guess, escapades ensue. So so it's, it's sort of a, a all while trying comedy. to solve a mystery and bees. Yeah. 
It's hmm. Pineapple Express, but Wicker Man. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I do like I do like uh just just to recap, uh James Franco is recast as Dave Franco playing James Franco, and Jason Ritter is recast by Seth Rogen playing Jason Ritter playing whatever like yeah. uh, character's Ritter. name was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Maybe rather than honey, they now produce marijuana because it's ooh. Washington. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe the uh did did that place ever have a name like the town? Summers Isle. Some is it Summers Isle? I know yeah. that's the old lady's name. I think so. I think, okay. or that's what he like calls it. it. And so, like, maybe yeah. it's unofficial, but he calls it Summers Isle, and that is also the name yeah. of last name of the lady who runs the place. Okay. Yeah, and she's supposed to be sort of like the living embodiment of the goddess right so that makes sense i started imagining like a bit of a commentary on like uh social media culture because when was this released 2006 six yeah. 2007 yeah. just the dawn of facebook right mm-hmm. but looking back summer's isle is a perfect place for a little instagram opportunity vacation <laughs> so maybe That's they true. now have a booming tourism industry as well Oh, so it's kind of like they open up the island for men to come in, and then they ca- they capture them and to for sacrifice. I don't see. I was thinking more just like there's a lot of women coming to the island to take perfect Instagram selfies. Okay, in the weed fields and tasting the honey. Like, oh look, gotta eat here. La di da di da. Whatever. I. I don't quite know where I was going with that. I just kind of imagined, you know, maybe our quote-unquote heroes think that the tourists are going to save them as they're themselves being sacrificed, but the tourists are just com- complicit in this because they think it's a great, great uh, Snapchat story. Okay. Okay. Now, sh- should you mentioned like um, tourism and all that. What if Dave Franco as James Franco is called here the way Nicolas Cage was. What if like Seth Rogen just like got an Airbnb here? I just okay. like the idea of Summer Isle Airbnb. Yeah. But it's 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 B and B. Like it's like a it's like the B and B. Yeah. Oh my bee. god. <laughs> like, like well, are they growing weed now? Or is it still bees? Or both? I think both. Both. <laughs> they make weed honey. Weed and bees. Weed infused honey. Weed and bees. That sounds great. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, podcast over. Uh, We're doing that. Three of sorry. us going in on it. All of our money. I'm a good legal boy, and I don't do the drug, mm-hmm. so I don't know what you're talking about, Madison. No. <laughs> Thanks for carrying that bit forward, Madison. No problem. <laughs> I mean, what, what would they call this? The strain of honey weed. <laughs> I mean, honeyweed sounds really. Um, yeah, uh, fair. <laughs> uh, the bee's knees. Yes. The bee's knees. Golden. The golden. The good golden. The oh, good golden. If they have, if they have a microbrewery at the Airbnb <laughs> that I'm imagining is just their old inn, uh-huh. they can call the 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 beer buzzed. Ooh. Honey infused beer. <laughs> I love. I love. 
this idea of like the the neo pagans turning this whole place into like a hipster hot spot. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Some just like a super hipster hot spot that, now. That, that are like themed in the B culture there. <laughs> they gentrified Summer's Isle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so, so this is basically the same movie in in a sense. Like we're just bringing in Dave Franco as James Franco, and yes. it, it, I mean, but like the premise is the same. It's just the way you're executing it as a Judd Apatow. So my mind's my mind's turning. What if the uh, the townspeople, like the Neo Pagans, mm-hmm. their island is being like not invaded, but like people are buying like land on the island. And are turning okay. it into this hipster hotspot, and so they have to recede farther into the island, and the people like revitalizing the island and turning it into this like uh, millennial paradise, like vacation destination. Um, they don't know that they're out there, um, and so James Franco. Well, actually, I guess this wouldn't work if it's still the same cops because they're coming to the island right afterwards, but. Also, I think it's like a privately owned island. Yeah, because they keep saying it's private property. So I don't know how like how would I mean, like, I mean, how are millennials? But if, if their honey crops are failing, honey crops. That's a good point. If their honey production is failing, maybe to survive, they have to sell off pieces of the island. That's yeah. a good point. Or maybe the bank, maybe since they can't produce enough revenue, the bank is taking it over and they're selling it off. So, like, foreclosed mm-hmm. island. Yeah, yeah, but and um. So their um, island society is being invaded. Um, instead of leaving, they decide to recede back into the forest and uh, carry on their lives secretly. And they try to do things secretly to, like, force the hipsters off of the island. <laughs> so now it's more of a... Um, uh, kind of like wrong turn. <laughs> yeah, they're tr- it's more of a back and forth of millennials versus the neo-pagans who sacrifice people for honey crops yeah yeah it's it's sort of like uh club dread Have you ever seen that i haven't no, no. i haven't uh i like that i, I, I <laughs> so um dave franco and seth rogan are brought to the island by the two women from the neo-pagans yeah, yeah. maybe they're this is their last attempt. They're like, we, you know, we tried pushing them back and all this. What if we like do two sacrifices and maybe that'll yeah <laughs> give us the power we need <laughs> to strike down the millennials? They gotta, they gotta sacrifice one for the weed and one for the honey. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> one for the weed and one for the honey sounds like some kind of so- like oh. a song lyric. And maybe I and things are getting a little timey wimey here, but like the. Maybe in that six months period after, because it jumped six months mm-hmm. to the bar scene at the end. Maybe in that time, the whole island has been like, like revitalized or something, and mm-hmm. is now this hipster paradise or something. I mean, that would mm-hmm. just to make it sen- just to make sense that the island would be very different, right? I mean, it'd have to be years later if they're if it's the same plot idea of hey, I, my daughter's missing. Can you come help us? It'd have to be at least like eight years, seven, eight years later. I guess so. So, so what you're saying is that James Franco is going to search for his daughter. Well, I mean, I think that's what um, Cecilia yeah. was. 
okay. getting at was yeah i was kind of imagining like this is their tactic and it's just every few years this is what's happening and they get drawn to the island by kind of the same repeating cycle that nicholas cage's character did okay so james franco and since they're also okay. cops they they kind of have access to information and when Got they it. start getting suspicious they can look up and see that he disappeared on the island as well so Dave Franco and Seth Rogen, um, they conceive children with those two women. They have children, then right. go away, or they 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 break up with them after they conceive children. They go away to the island, have the children, they grow up and do the whole thing over again. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so I'm imagining kind of like a creepy buddy cop vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, um, what's what's that Apatow flavor like? What? Because I feel like we need to have some scenes of this, like that we come up with. Other, because if it's the exact same plot, and then we yeah. gotta get into the the weeds. No pun intended. Of like some of the scenes and put that Apatow stank on it. Mm. Well, I like the idea that Madison mentioned, where the the Neil Pagans are kind of hiding out in the woods, mm-hmm. and I'm imagining that you know dave franco and seth rogan they they kind of go get blazed and that's when they first start noticing these um the the creepy people lurking in the woods but they're like fuck i'm so so far gone like this isn't real i don't know (laughs) i'm like i'm imagining kind of like the scene in pineapple express where they get high in the woods Mm -hmm. okay i've never seen pineapple express Oh really? I I've never it's done essential. the drug medicine. I don't watch the drug movies. I'm. <laughs> I just I I I feel it should be illegal to even watch have, movies about I ha- I have about a the green drug you because you have a tattoo on your face that says 420 blaze it cool guy." Yeah, I know. You know, it was it was an experimental face where I wanted to look cool. Yeah. Like but... I looked at I looked at the green drug one time and was like, "This is about as far as I'll go." Yeah. And then I did call the police because it is illegal, and I'm a good boy. Yeah. I'm a good legal yeah. boy. Yeah, but when people started asking you about weed, you didn't know anything about it, so no. it was like really yeah. awkward. I actually also did it so that people would like come up to me to try to buy the drug, and then I could just report them. Oh wow! You so you're just a narc. It's not technically entrapment because I'm not a police officer, so I don't know if it's like if someone had a tattoo on their face that said 420 <laughs> blaze it cool guy. If I would believe they are a narc, or that they would not, or if I would it's, not, yeah, it's the perfect narc. double bluff. You know, yeah. they they think like no, no, that's stupid. No, that guy's obviously a narc, but then no narc would tattoo on their face, so he's probably okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect crime. Oh shit! I just realized they're cops. How are they going to do a scene blazed in the woods? Oh, okay. I, I, mean, I need I mean, to reconsider that. But it's Washington. Is is Washington legal? I don't know. I think so. I th- maybe. I mean, it's an island where neo pagans commit ritual murder. I don't know if they're going to be terribly Fair. concerned if if Washington has legalized marijuana. And they're also on an island, Fair. so there are a lot, it's island law. You know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> International waters. Jimmy Buffett made. Uh, established island law many years ago and it has to be upheld. Them being cops, they could very much easily believe to themselves that they are above the law. And uh, mm. they, maybe they're like, oh, well, it's legal here on this island, so like, let's, you know, let's get high. And maybe they never get high because they're good cop boys and this is their first experience and they like trip out 
and they get too some high. Some kid on the island just sells them some oregano. Yeah. Because the weed crops are failing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there could be a scene where the millennials go on like an attack since they're like the two sides are pushing and they decide to like burn down some of the weed stock, but then just everybody ends up getting high. Yeah. <laughs> they accidentally light it on fire and yeah. Oh, there's your scene in the woods. They sneak off to try yeah. to get high and they accidentally burn down all the weed crop. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> and now the pagans got to kill them. Yeah. And it's the pagans weed crop. Like, they don't, like, the people vacationing there don't know that that's a weed crop. And they go a little too far into the woods. They burn it down accidentally. And so the, the pagans want revenge. With yes. the wicker man. Like the wickening. I like the idea when, when they're tripping out, they see some of the. Uh, the uh pagans and they're dressed in their like they're just in their animal like outfits oh man sort of ritual and they're like tripping out like they see just a person in a bear suit or like maybe a giraffe or something (laughs) that very the teacher who's also a crow yeah see i i thought it was a raven at first because then i i realized that maybe it was the joke a raven in a writing desk like the old uh what's the difference between a raven and a writing desk but I didn't, it didn't occur to me that they were crows. I just was like, oh, that's very clever. They tried to do a little joke there. Oh, it is a raven. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. It's a good that, Alice that was... in Wonderland reference in this Nicolas Cage <laughs> suspense horror movie. Yeah. That was so a raven. Hey. That was so a raven. <sighs> uh. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's next? So, they have this drug trip out. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, they see. I think you're right. It. I think they see a ritual, like mm-hmm. a really fucked up ritual happening, and they go back to like the millennial town, little village, whatever, and they're telling everybody, and nobody believes them. Yeah, yeah. and maybe too that can be like callbacks to the original Wicker Man because mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Nicolas Cage one did the pagan ritual side of anything any real justice. Right. At, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they pretty much just strung him up in a Burning Man and filled it with bees. Yeah. yeah. And fire, Like, I guess. you didn't see a whole lot of, like, the ritual side and the creepy stuff. It was just a bunch of women making honey, and he's like, this is creepy, this isn't okay. Yeah. I mean, that's generally my understanding of what paganism is. <laughs> this movie has informed my entire uh, idea of what paganism is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Jackson's going to kill you. It's been coming for some time now. That's true. We did kidnap them and tie them up and make them judge which of our movies was the best. To, to be fair, Jackson did wish you into being. So That's they true. can take you out of they can take you out of the world as well. What a weird fiction we have. <laughs> so they come back to the millennial, I guess I'll say encampment. Cause I can, it's not like a town. It's like a very small camp. Kind of like a commune kind of thing. Like a yeah. hippie commune. Mm-hmm. But for the gram. Yeah. <laughs> With a microbrewery, apparently, also. Yeah. There's some cool graffiti. Uh, oh, what's some of that graffiti? I think it's a uh, a honey uh, a honeybee rolling mm-hmm. a joint and like nice. holding it in its like in its like claws. Or it in its like yep. healer. <laughs> And it says 420 bees it. Mm. <laughs> uh, maybe bead. B-E-E-D. Yeah. 
Is the Bee Stinger also a joint? Yes. Nice. Man. You should get that tattoo. Uh, okay. <laughs> Just under the tattoo of your full wizard name that's on your chest. So, they go and do whatever we just said that they did. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, no, nobody believes them. Right, they uh, got so high. And, yeah, so... So they try to go out and get, like, proof because they're like, maybe they saw someone getting sacrificed. Maybe there was, like, a dude that they saw earlier on in the movie. Oh, uh, sure. Or something. Jay uh, Baruchel or whatever the really... Oh, my God, show. yeah. I'm yeah. just now picking people who are usually in <laughs> Seth Rogen movies. Yeah. Yeah. Danny, Danny McBride is the is the barman. Okay, so what if, J, like, do this side by side in a way of like Jay Baruchel or Danny McBride or whoever is having the actual Nicolas Cage experience? Like, yeah. Seth Rogen and Dave Franco were called there for like that reason, but for whatever reason they're not following the script of that idea. But yeah. Jay Baruchel is he's having the full like getting like murdered, and so they see him getting killed. Like they're more of like. It's almost like if in Wicker Man there were two side characters who just got high all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're following like their story while Jay Bruckel is getting like ritually killed. Okay, that's fine. I mean, yeah, and I and I think that too can kind of move the plot forward with them looking into what happened to Nicolas Cage on the island before them. Yeah, maybe they find evidence of that. They that's our his, callback. <laughs> they find a they find a bear they find a bear head in the woods. Yeah, they're they're investigating the disappearance of Nicolas Cage, and in, or instead of being here to be killed, is that what you're saying then? No, or I think they're a, still there B. because they got called there okay. by these women sure. that they were they hooked up with in the mm-hmm. first movie. But when they witness what happens to Jay Baruchel. They they start doing they start digging and researching. And, gotcha. Okay. I don't okay. know. Maybe maybe uh, Nicholas Cage left some of his own little graffiti in the inn or something, and they're like, "Oh, he was a cop back where we're from," and they start looking into files and stuff. Okay. Okay. So they witness the murder of Jay Bruchel, and uh, I crossed myself for the listener. <laughs> And they come back and nobody believes them, so they decide to get proof. Like, what kind of proof do you think? I'm just imagining him with, like, a pair of, like, round hipster glasses. And I okay. don't know why. That's that's literally all my brain can come up with. I was thinking maybe, like, one of the masks. <gasps> yeah. Would be a good because then they have to, like, get into a house. Oh, oh. But some of the younger um, neo-pagans have kind of infiltrated the uh hipster commune oh okay they to fit in with them they're instagramming parts of the ritual oh okay so the pagan children have infiltrated the hippie commune so they're instagramming the ritual yeah i don't maybe infiltrated is not the right word but they've kind of merged together oh okay like a little uh, bit gotcha so it's not like sinister the the hippie commune doesn't know just how fucked up this is but they're like oh yeah that's these people we share the island with okay they do their thing and oh cool they they're having a little bonfire in the woods tonight okay so they know that they're doing this they don't know how like sinister it is is. yeah okay okay so they need proof of the murder aspect Mm -hmm. okay so so they don't know that people are getting murdered while people are visiting there and like they just think that oh those people just left 
So what kind of proof? Um, I'm imagining there's like geotags around around the island, and somebody posts <laughs> <laughs> somebody Yay. posts a picture to Instagram of their their wicker man burning, uh-huh. but they don't like they they post it not realizing you can see like Jay Barishel's like foot at the bottom of the bonfire. What if uh, what if uh when they're geotagging so like jay brochel was very into geotagging like very okay yeah and like geocache and um at one of their and while they're investigating this dude they find something that is like of great possession to him in one of the (laughs) geocaches that he left like maybe jay brochel was like catching on to something himself and so he left yeah. like a clue in one of the geocache, and, yeah. and maybe it's something like go to this place at like it says like Wednesday eight p.m. the the cat cafe. <laughs> so the hippie commune has a microbrewery and a cat cafe. Yeah, yeah, like there's a cafe where a bunch of cats like roam around. Right. No, I mean that's, I know what a, a cat that's cafe is. That's a hipster is. thing. That's like a modern thing. I'm with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still young. I'm thinking too, like if they need to, uh, like prove that he was there, they go through the um, the uh, guest book at the Airbnb slash former inn, mm-hmm. and while they find that he's there, they also find that Nicolas Cage was there. Okay, and that's yeah. that's how they tie in his part of it. Okay, maybe Danny McBride barman. That's his character like, name. Danny yep. McBride Barman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> McBride Barman is hyphenated. Yeah. He also agrees with them that something's up and something's really weird. So he like maybe he's the one who gives them that information. Like he's like, you know, this sounds really weird. Uh it sounds something like ha- something that happened years ago with like and he's mentioning Nicolas Cage's character, like this dude just disappeared on this island, no one know where he was. They said that it might be a ritual. Like maybe maybe he leads them to the ritual spot. Uh-huh. Um, where the original, like the bird, like the wicker man, was happening, and they go there next. And I think eventually they have to get captured, right? I oh yeah, for sure. Maybe this I is where I'm they just get kind captured. Of, like leading them to get captured, I think. Yeah. So they go out there and get captured, and I think in the end, skipping ahead, Danny McBride was in on it. He's one of like the. It would explain like, how he had all this weird, like weirdly specific information that he couldn't exactly. know. Yeah, I think Danny McBride is one of the, like, men from the island. I'm kind of imagining him in the bear suit. Yeah, I, I, I can see he, that. he's the perfect successor to wear the bear suit. To Kathy Bates. I like that image, Danny McBride in a bear suit. Danny McBride... Barman. Barman, bear man. <laughs> oh, God. Barman the bear man. Barman the bear man. <laughs> you know what that's a joke they would make though in the movie of like if his character's name was danny mcbride barman they'd be like no more like danny Mc- or i'm danny mcbride bear man now oh man that's hilarious <laughs> okay all right so they get captured <laughs> by the women and it's like they're gonna be sacrificed obviously but like do they have some kind of kooky we're captured adventure before they escape do they escape i think maybe they're put into a room where they're like chained up mm-hmm. and Maybe they're, uh, what's some, like, fun, like, weed, like, comedy 
bit they could do. They hotbox the little dungeon room that they're locked in. Yeah. And the smoke comes billowing out this vent or something, and somebody thinks there's a fire, maybe? And they get out that way? They're, they're in their weed storage, like, area. That's where they're keeping them chained up. And they start a fire, mm-hmm. so, like, the weed starts burning. So the, yeah. it billows up into the cracks of the building, and everyone gets high. I love so it. So it leads them for a way to escape. Yes. Is that not what happened in Pineapple Express? I can't remember. Um, in Pineapple Express, they're, like, chained uh, spoilers. to, like, a pole or something. And then Danny McBride comes, like, through a wall in, like, his, like, vehicle and, like, kills a bunch of the guards. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much the same thing. Yeah, pretty much the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So... We have a scene where everybody in this village, this, like, neo-pagan village, is off their ass high, but yeah. so are... James Franco, or Dave Franco, and Seth Rogen. Yeah. So, they basically just burn the last of their weed stock, because, like, earlier in the movie, they also burn the other half of the weed stock. So, uh, <laughs> this this whole place is weedless now, and the, and the, the neo-pagans are pissed off, and they just want these two guys dead. They need to sacrifice them, or just kill them, probably, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same in, like, I don't think they planned all of this. It's oh, no. These two guys just, like, infiltrated and, like, started fucking everything up. What if, uh... <laughs> this is so Say stupid. It. Because it's called the Wiccaning. Somehow, uh... <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Just they say get it. turned into, like... They're, they're on, like, stakes on top of giant candles. <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. That's so fucking no, stupid. No, I'm kidding. It's wax and stuff. I also... Just imagined, like, rather than a big car chase with the neo pagans, they have like a speedboat race to the mainland. <laughs> it's turning into Miami Vice. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, start over. Miami Vice 2. <laughs> the Vicening. The Vicening. <laughs> but maybe, maybe they are put in, like, on, like, a stake or something. I think they have to try to escape and. Maybe only one of them gets away. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and the other one gets burned. I guess so. Having <laughs> it burned. Um, oh, okay. I like the idea of Danny McBride in the bear suit with a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of imagined him as a gun nut in this. Okay. <laughs> I just we took the movie was about Nicolas Cage coming to this creepy, quaint, old timey village, and now it's like. <laughs> Now there's flamethrowers and microbreweries and cat cafes. Okay, so they get caught. They hotbox enough and so that the whole, basically the whole, all the neo-pagans who are probably, what, upstairs having a meeting about what to do with them? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So they're all in one room, so they get, gets everybody in the village high. Escape, do we, or no, you said that they get caught or put on a stake. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I had my thing where I was trying to make them giant wicks yeah. and a candle. Yeah, uh, I managed to block that out of my memory already somehow. Maybe it's still in there. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> it's not like Adam West Batman. Maybe there is in the middle of this. And this is just adding another element to this mm-hmm. very complicated plot we have. But to move the movie forward maybe a little bit. What if within the like pagan within them, there's like some sort of divide? Maybe where... They got into this like drug business now, and some of them are cool with it. And maybe like they're starting to like 
turn the weed into like a super drug or something like cut it with something okay what maybe that's why they're having the sacrifices to embed the weed with magical power so it's so it's super weed this is a weed comedy it has to like it's super weed no matt we can't just institute we can't add magical powers to everything we do madison oh but 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 wait wait what if they're they're talking about making a new strain that becomes pineapple express and we just get full-blown meta (laughs) and weird twisty timeline so which which means that this movie would be a prequel to Pineapple Express, but is a sequel to The Wicker Man. Yeah. And also Seth Rogen's in both of them playing main characters. Yeah. Um, and Danny McBride. Is this what doing the drug feels and like? Danny McBride is in both of them. Um, I don't know about that one. No. Okay. <laughs> it I mean, might be... I think you're right. It is a little too too twisty. It's a little too warped. If you, if you, if you could come up, or if we can come up with a reason that Seth Rogen is in both of them, I guess it's him playing two different I mean, characters. He's, yeah, he's in all those movies, though. Like that's true. Does every movie with Seth Rogen in it have to be tied together? No. In what the if same I, universe. Danny McBride's character. I think Danny McBride's character could be the same person. Oh, Red for sure. Best. Yeah, he he's very like mysterious. We don't really know much about him. Rather than he's involved in the weed business. And as Red, he's like in witness protection. That's why he has a different name. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. the end of the movie, he has to go into witness protection. <laughs> why? Because the Neopagans are after him. <laughs> Despite him yeah. coming in with a flamethrower and a bear suit and just fucking them all up. <laughs> yeah. He's the one in witness protection. Yeah. Maybe he becomes like really good friends with Dave Franco and Seth Rogen. And they, like, convince him to leave, like, that this is really fucked up, and so he saves them. Mm-hmm. With the flame, I mean, we still use the flame there, maybe he, like, burns down yeah. one of the houses or something to help them escape. Yeah. And then he has he to said, join the Witness Protection Seth Program Seth and go into being Pineapple Express. Danny McBride's character in Pineapple Express before they meet. <laughs> okay, but, I mean, the, that then, I thought we were talking about Danny McBride and not Seth Rogen. Okay. Like, it, it didn't matter that Seth Rogen... Was, uh, you're confusing me. Okay, this is way too twisted. <laughs> I'm okay with it being canon that Danny McBride's character is red in Pineapple Express. Yeah, I'm this is the prequel. Okay. Like, we don't really and, need but to no one else is it, just prequel. know that they're the same person. Which means that all of this is going to break bad, so this could lead into our ending, mm-hmm. where somehow the the this whole operation has to get busted maybe because like the whole island is on fire and is high at this point right mm-hmm. so someone calls the coast guard and is like that island is on fucking fire yeah yeah like the coast guard sees maybe sees it and uh calls in like some fire like brigade and to investigate and who um, plays the coast guard Jonah Hill. Yes. Oh yeah. There we go. Um, For having not seen that many Judd Apatow films like this, I know mostly I've seen whatever their end of the world movie is, and so I'm just naming people who yeah. were in that movie. Rihanna's gonna pop up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, she was in Shuttleship, so maybe she's also on the Coast Guard boat. Oh my god. Yeah, she's on the Coast Guard boat. Man in the gun. <laughs> it's also within the battleship. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> what are we even doing here, guys? <laughs> See, I genuinely believe your podcast's mission is to come up with the sequel that will merge all movies <laughs> ever made into the same universe. The Omni sequel. <laughs> The sequelarity. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy! All right, Madison, we have a new mission. We got to start over, delete our whole back catalog, and start again. Somehow tie every movie together. Yeah. Okay. So I think we kind of have an end game. Maybe we need a little more specifics on what happens to each character. But I think once the whole island sets on fire and is high and everything, <laughs> the coast guard notices and comes in. Like maybe Dave Franco or Seth Rogen's character. Um gets a word out to like the cops mm-hmm. or something or the coast guard well or the um hipster commune camp could um like call them because obviously a lot of the island is starting on fire yeah and so they call for help what if there's a wicker man set up for like the ritual and he lights it on fire and it's on like a top like it's so far up that you can sure. see it from a distance and that that like that signals yes. people. Did you say bat signal? <laughs> Remember, we gotta tie them all together. <laughs> <laughs> every Batman from every movie just appears. Christian yeah. Bale, uh, Ben Affleck, etc. Guys, there was Michael a Nicolas Keaton. Cage Batman. There was a Nicolas there was, Cage Batman. There was gonna be a Nicolas I Cage Superman. Okay, well, I'm an idiot. I know that they. That they were going to do a Superman. I think like Tim Burton was going to do a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage. And they had, there's like pictures of him in the suit and everything. But like it ended up getting scrapped at one point. Yeah, it's, Ke- it's Kevin Smith. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, And apparently uh, he was in Batman versus Superman. Nicolas Cage. Seems to be my first Google result. Hmm. Yeah. So Batman comes in and saves the day. Yeah, end of the movie. That's all <laughs> we needed. <laughs> but no, I think. I think the Coast Guard comes in, maybe at the end. So at least at least one of the three, like Franco, Rogan, or Danny McBride, McBride need Varman. to be rescued by the Coast Guard to get this information out. Yeah. What if what if it's like everybody's dead? Like what if it's only Danny McBride that gets well, then why does he need to go into witness protection, Madison? <laughs> well, maybe on. not witness protection. Well, He's just in game. hiding. So, th- because people think that he yeah. burnt down the island. Oh, so he like the coast guard picks him up, and they're like, "You're in big trouble for burning down this this island. We're gonna arrest you." And he just like steals a lifeboat and <laughs> escapes to the mainland. Is now in hiding. Yeah, still in the bear costume. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, a bear and a lifeboat, just like it's trying to escape the coast guard, <laughs> is an amazing visual. What if he just like no? There, there's got to be like a a scene where everybody's dead. Like, like I think this fire just enraged the island, and like all the the matriarchal society is dead. Like they, like everything burned down. The hipsters are all dead too, and the army is like investigating the island. And Danny McBride's like running through the woods, like everything in the bear suit. And then he sees them, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And then like he gets down, 
and they go up to him. It's like, they're like, oh shit, there's a bear. And so he's like <laughs> acting like a bear. He's like, oh girl. And they, yeah. they believe it because they're high. That's They're high because there's still like a bunch of smoke there. So they think that this is just some kind of weird, like, whatever. <laughs> we're high. We're seeing like a bear like talking to us and not like acting super weird. Yeah, yeah. And so they don't think anything of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. This is perfect. And then he gets to a he gets to a boat and escapes yes. the island. Yeah. Is that it? Roll <laughs> is that the end? <laughs> I think I think I don't know. Maybe in the ritual part, either Seth Rogen or Dave Franco died. Like one of them gets like sacrificed while the other one escapes. Maybe. Okay. Which one? Probably Seth Rogen, because I do like Dave Franco. So you think Seth Rogen died? Yeah. So he dies in the in the sacrifice. Um and Dave Franco like breaks his binds and grabs the nearest flamethrower and just lights up the place. Maybe they just hold him hostage because they have to construct a whole second Wicker Man and that's going to take a while. Yeah. So and yeah, then Danny great. McBride in the bear suit and the flamethrower comes in and saves him and torches all the weed. What if? Here we go. So while oh, Seth no. Rogen is in the Wicker Man, he realizes he's going to die, but he wants to make sure this place like goes up in flames so he takes a piece of the burning like wood throws it off into the field so it starts a brush fire and he dies but they don't notice that that brush fire is going on so he sets it in place for the whole place to burn see i like the idea but the rogan franco apatow movies are always about their friendship and i can't see him torching the place knowing that dave franco playing james franco is still there an option is Danny McBride Barman rushes in with a flamethrower and like saves the day and then Seth Rogen <laughs> lights up a joint inside his wicker man and accidentally lights yes. the wicker man on fire. That is yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So Dave Franco survived. Yeah. And so does Danny McBride. Yeah. yeah. Danny McBride Barman. Cool. So we did it. I think we did something. Yeah. <laughs> I think more and more I should stop asking, do we do it, and say, D- we did something, right? We recorded 60 plus minutes. Oh, don't say that. It's going to edit down. <laughs> All right. If we did it, then that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and everywhere else the podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can get in contact with us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers where we post the episode art each week. Uh, And as always, it's spelled E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Uh, Special thanks on our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Dot com. Cecilia, is there a place online that people can find you um, if they'd like to? Well, I'm Cecilia Long on Facebook. And really, I think I'm just going to plug the group where we all met. Wake Up and Do Good, colon, collaborating to end immigration detention. And hopefully with some new members, we can get some more um, action and fundraising going. Cool. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, I don't remember how much do we raise on the it auction. Do you remember right off the top of your head? Just under three hundred and fifty US, which is four hundred and fifty of my go. money. But. Okay. <laughs> so, for the equalizers.
I'm Madison Jones. I'm Cecilia Long. I'm Mike Knoll. The bees! Oh my god, the bees! They're in my eyes! Ah, they're in my mouth! Ah! I don't give a shit about your weed, honey! I'll see you in hell! Ah! To be continued. La-da-da-da! La-da-da-da! La-da-da-da!